0: Are you, are you at your parents' house?
1: Yeah, I have my vaccine tomorrow morning and it's in the town where my parents' house is. So I decided to just come back early so that I didn't have to drive in the morning. But yeah. Um, and, uh, first things first that I want to get out of the way. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Your girl, your girl got poison ivy on her face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh my God. So what is this? Like the fourth (laughs) time you've had poison ivy on your face? At least, like, it's not,
1: you know, so, um, on Earth Day, I went out to go, like, you know, celebrate our planet, and I was like, I'm gonna go to a park, and I'm gonna go, you know, dig around in the spring ephemerals, and lo and behold, this bitch got poison ivy on her face. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so my fucking God. Yeah. I know. It's so uncomfortable. Like, oh, my God. Like, I can't sleep at night because my face is just, like, it's so disgusting. And it's so, like, oh, man, I'm just so ready for it to be gone. But um, I especially need it to be gone because I have interviews <laughs> next week. <laughs> That's right. So it needs to, like, hurry up and recover so they don't, like, see me with this just, like, red pussing face. Like, who is this nasty bitch? Well, so, I mean, it's a yeah. great
0: story if you need to tell it. it like, you got got poison ivy while celebrating Earth Day.
1: True, 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 true. They'll appreciate it. I know. Yeah. Um, trust me, as your sustainability coordinator, I can identify plants. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, but yeah. you've gotten
0: poison ivy so many times at this point.
1: Yes. I know. It's like, it would be weird if I didn't have poison ivy on my face right now.
0: <laughs> it's just like when you break your wrist before some big event that we need, like, before we I know. go backpacking I... or before we move furniture. It's so
1: ridiculous. I'm just the most inconvenient at timing out <laughs> these, these things that I keep doing, but... Yeah, I didn't want you to think, like, because my lips uh, my are a little bit, like, swollen. And I didn't want you to think, like, did she get lip filler? Like, why
0: does her face I, look so weird? I would not expect that. The first thing I would expect is poison <laughs> ivy.
1: Oh, good. I didn't even have to explain myself. You, you just would have known.
0: Yeah, honestly, I can't tell, though, so much with the, the phone camera. Uh, good. Okay, good.
1: Because, yeah, I'm trying to trying to keep a distance. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Well. But, uh, did you do anything for Earth Day?
0: Uh, I, I worked. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Was that a, a weekday? Uh, it was Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, I was, like, yeah. working. So I did quite the opposite because for work, I have to drive a lot. So oh, no. I was putting some miles <laughs> on the ground.
1: <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah. Because you're, I mean, your job's oriented at, <laughs> I guess, making sure bugs that aren't supposed to be where they're at, getting rid of them. Yeah, sort sort of. Sort of. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm trying it's, to trying to make it relatable.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, we survey for them, but uh, most of my job is just making sure people are following the rules about yeah, but... agriculture. Commodities. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's really boring. Mm. It's a really boring yeah. job.
1: I had like one of the worst interviews I've ever had uh, this past week. Oh, really? Um, yeah. It was for this organization that like pretty much offers resources for other like nonprofits, businesses, and like government agencies on like sustainability stuff. And uh, so they set up a interview um, with me and they told me straight up, they're like, yeah, this is just going to be like a really informal conversation where it's just going to be like us trying to get to know you a little bit better and seeing if you're going to like vibe well with the team. And then after that, then we're going to have a more like formal, intense style of interview where there's going to be a hiring committee and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Because this organization, it's only like, There's only three people. And so it's very just, like, close-knit and and working together. And so I was like, okay, yeah, totally. And so I, like, when I was preparing for the interview, like, what I mostly did was just, like, read about their organization and read about the people that I was going to talk to. I didn't really, like, you know, formally prepare, um, like, interview answers because it was my impression that that's not what this was going to be about. Mm And so, and the the interview was on Earth Day. God, so many things just happened on Earth Day this year. And um, so, you know, I started out the conversation and I was just like, oh, happy Earth Day. Um, are you all doing anything? Because it's very much like, you're familiar with like WEMIAC, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're very like, you know, environmentally doing stuff in the community, doing river cleanups, doing like recycling events, all this. So they're all about that. This organization is very similar to WEMIAC. Okay. And so I asked them, assuming that they were going to be doing something, since literally that's what their work is. Right. And I just got, like, no responses. Like, it was just dead silent on the other end. And I was like, oh, great. This is how this is going to go. And then one guy, like, chimes in. He's like, um, I guess my son's doing something. I am like, oh, cool. This is how this is going to go. And, um, and then also the guy, like, he used to work for WeMiac and he was, he started to say like, yeah, um, like when I used to work there, then like I would start running out of outfits to wear because we would always be doing so much. And I was like, oh, well now you don't have to worry about that because no one's going to be clocking you for, you know, what you're wearing because you're obviously, you know, you usually just see head up with, with virtual stuff. And then he goes as far <laughs> to tell us all that, yeah, I actually have been wearing the same shirt um for every time that i have to do like professional calls and once i'm done with the call i just go and hang it back up in my closet and then i put it on again when i have another call i was like bro we didn't have to go that far (laughs) (laughs) like of course we all do that but you don't say that like come on i was like okay and then he's like okay well let's just get to introductions and so then they all like introduce themselves and then, you know, I said, nice to meet you. And I was like, oh, how do you all like working in a small group like this? Because, you know, it's just the three of you. And he's like, yeah, Um. so now's not really the time for questions. We're going to go ahead and get to um, know you better and ask you questions. And I was like, damn, like, okay, just completely ignore my question off the bat. And then he literally just started going into interview style, you know, like an interview, just asking me questions and then... Mm. You know, I would respond and they'd say thank you at the end and then next question. And I was like, well, for one, this is horseshit because this is not what you made this sound to be. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know, I wasn't really thinking about my answers too, so I wasn't really ready to respond all the way for some of them. And he asked me the stupidest fucking question in the world. Like, I still can't get over how dumb of a question it was. Um, So, this organization, like... They're trying to be about, like, recently, they've been trying to promote social justice. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I'm all for that. Like, if you're going to promote social justice, please do. But they're trying to make it, like, that's all their organization does. They want to oh. be a leader in social justice. And they just started doing this a year ago. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you're they're trying to be something that they're not. Mm-hmm. And also, it's... <laughs> they're all white. So it's like, they're just trying to be a leader in diversity, equity, inclusion coming from a bunch of white people. And I'm like, mm, okay, well, something's a little off here, but yeah. okay, whatever. And so then, they, they a lot of their questions had to do with environmental justice. And then one of the questions he asked me was like, okay, speaking of environmental justice, let's say that um, there's this heavy trucking um, company that continues to drive through a community. Um, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, I'm sorry what like can you can you rephrase this question like I don't really think I understand this and he's like um okay well like I had to ask him like several different times to like try to give me the the objective of like what I'm trying to do and why I'm doing this in the position that I'm like you know
0: applying for just just like that (laughs) other job interview that I had where I didn't actually apparently know what the job was until after the interview so all my answers were Exactly. Are so I, yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, ugh. And,
1: and then he pretty much just says, like, well, you don't want this company to be driving through this community. So what are you going to do about it? Like, how are you going to start that conversation? And I was like, um I guess I'll just, like, you know, try to introduce myself to the guy that's driving through the community and try to understand the situation and see if we can come up with, like, mutual terms on how he can find an alternative route that doesn't you know impact his um you know what he has to do for his job too much and try to I guess get an understanding of why um you know it's important that he does this and doesn't bother this community or whatever and then um he's like well how are you gonna do that how are you gonna approach them are you gonna stand in the middle of the road and and wave them down and I was like no I'm gonna go I'm gonna see the truckers like company on his truck and I'm gonna um, get his email and talk to him that way and he's like well how are you gonna find his email I'm like I'm gonna go to his fucking website like do you think I'm an idiot like stop like trying to interrogate me about this and then like in the end uh, of that question I was like I'm I'm sorry like I, I just don't think I really fully understood this question um because like I guess he, it was—it had to do with something with community engagement. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought that this um, trucking agency was one of, um, you know, the people that were involved in the forum. And that's why I was going to be approaching them in the first place. And then he's like, well, that's kind of what engagement is, isn't it? And I was like, you condescending prick. Like, oh, I was so annoyed. And then, mm-hmm. And then yeah. after that... He pretty much told me, well, let me put you this in um, terms that, like, you can understand. And then he's like, all right, so let's assume that um, you're trying... You're, you're at a bar in East Lansing and that you're trying to get that bar to, um, you know, start composting their food scraps. And I'm like, those are terms that I can understand. Like, thanks, asshole. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it was just so frustrating. Just, like, the way that they were... I don't know, just, it just felt like, just blatant, like, disrespect, pretty much,
0: and like, I don't know,
1: it was just, yeah, and I was just like, and you're supposed to be like, this leader in the area to offer resources, and you can't even, like, make your interviewees feel, like, comfortable in a situation, and, like, show them the time of day to, like, try to better, phrase a question that's clearly a poor question mm-hmm. because like oh and then at the end he, he pretty much just said like oh well if you if you don't get a second interview like don't uh take it as you did poorly on this interview it's just uh it's a really competitive uh like uh um pool of of applicants and it was like that's something that you say say for the email like don't <laughs> tell me this in person like you are just being a complete dick and so I was just, like, livid after that yeah. interview. I was, like, man, like, like, fuck you all. Like, as if I want to do a second interview with your group. <laughs> right. And, like, if that, <laughs> if that was trying to, like, get to see if we could vibe with each other, like, cool. Realize that we can't. Like, not going to no. waste my time on this again. Like
0: oh it was so bad so i mean it's pretty apparent that they're not going to offer you a second interview but in the, uh, yeah. in the event that they did that would be an easy fuck you no no thank you
1: i know i want them to offer me the job just so i can say fuck you. Yeah. no but
0: i i know that they won't
1: because <laughs> they clearly didn't like me or my answers but whatever they're douchebags yeah.
0: so well fuck them that was fun yeah <laughs> but yeah so i mean so let's lighten the mood the most exciting thing that happened to me recently is the store was out of the normal wet cat food that i buy amy so i had to try some (laughs) new stuff (laughs) so i tried some random ass cans on the shelf different you know flavors and last night Uh i dumped one out in her bowl and there was a whole ass like shrimp in it like I mean, it was, but it was part of the. It was like that was the flavor. Oh, it was part of it the, was part. Yeah. It was a it was a shrimp like part shrimp flavored thing. But I didn't expect okay. to see Ew. a whole ass shrimp come out in it. Yeah, like, you know, I think it'd be all like chopped up in there. Right. And I looked at it and like, there's no fucking way she's gonna eat that. She ate mm-hmm. it. She ate. The whole shrimp. <laughs> Whoa, Amy. I know. Damn, she's she's
1: bougie. She's classy. Like, of course she should have been eating whole ass shrimp this whole time.
0: Like, I know. I was <laughs> that's very impressed. Crazy. Yeah, because she's wow. notoriously a picky eater, so.
1: Yeah. Wow. So she she's digging the, the different style of food then. Yeah,
0: but I had to order the regular stuff because... I don't want her to get too used to <laughs> the, the good life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> True. She can't be eating whole ass shrimp
0: all day, every day. No, and I need to keep an eye on her fat ass, you know, uh, the, the yeah. weight. You know, I can't just give her everything she wants.
1: I know. It's so hard because, you know, you just want to because they're just so cute and needy and... They don't understand why they can't have more. And
0: it's just like, oh, (laughs)
1: because I want you to live a long, healthy life. Mm -hmm. Like,
0: oh, man. Yeah. But, I mean, that that was it. It was just the Amy (laughs) ate a (laughs) whole shrimp. Yeah, that should be front page news because that's big. (laughs) White people. I'm Jesse, And I'm Erin. And we're the Cage Queens. Never heard of it. Alright, so what are we talking about this week? So this week we are talking about Amos and Andrew, which came out in 1993, uh, starring Samuel L. Jackson, who plays Andrew Sterling, and our boy Nick, obviously, who plays Amos O'Dell. Um, Briefly, this movie is about an innocent black man who gets shot at Unarmed, innocent black man who gets shot at in his own home by many, many police officers. And they try to cover up their incident by using a criminal, Nick Cage, uh, to hide their their crime (laughs) for them, essentially, to cover Mm up uh, what they did. And Nick Cage and Samuel L. Jackson become unlikely friends unlikely buddies um, in this endeavor (laughs) as they try to uh escape the police essentially Mm -hmm. and it's a very interesting um movie that's a very timely topic which i feel like this movie needs to maybe get like re-released with some edits
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I feel like this is just such a sensitive topic I always have to like consider like what we want to say and like you know like for example like one of the police officers doing his uh doing the blackface mm-hmm.
0: I don't mind bringing up the blackface thing cause it's uh it's important in the story obviously very important in the story mm-hmm. um everybody knows what blackface is and everybody knows how fucking terrible it is to do they should anyways, mm-hmm. if they don't. I'm like yelling <laughs> yeah. at my microphone. Um yeah. But did you do any research on this one? Um Mm-mm.
1: I didn't. Shut no, up. No, that's
0: it's okay because so there's a part towards the end of the movie where Nick Cage makes a ref he's like, you know, uh Amos and Andrew and uh Samuel L. Jackson um is just like Like, don't say our names together like that. And he Mm -hmm. didn't understand or get the reference. And so what they're referring to is like an old um, radio drama, like from the, I think it's from the 40s, 30s, 40s, like it's old, like radio Mm drama, not radio drama, it was like a radio comedy series, drama comedy, by these white guys that I think portrayed a fictional life of black people, like poor uh, black people. And when they tried to transition it to screen, the white guys who did the voices on the radio did um they, they did a movie and they did the movie in blackface. So Oh shit Yeah. And it was the movie wasn't well received um in the time. Right. But they went on to make a show, and they, ca- they, they cast black people in the show. And the show was quite popular, so it was the radio show. But it's the movie part of it. I mean, and then there's a lot of the other issues that go along with everything else. But the the blackface reference and then the racial history that goes along with it um, is, is more what he was referring to in that moment, which is kind of I guess also part of the theme the racial theme in the movie and why the movie mm-hmm. is titled the way it is it's not Amos and Andy because that was the name of the show so the old I don't even know if I fucking said that earlier the name of the old show was Amos and Andy Um, yeah but it, it receives a lot of criticism today obviously for the way that it portrays black people and their economic uh, circumstances in those times so Mhm. Yeah, it's it's not going to be a super funny episode probably. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Um it was I thought the movie was actually kind of funny because of the way that it makes fun of police officers or at least the way I was watching it. Um yes. So the police are portrayed as being really fucking stupid all of them. They, you know, and I feel like yes. that's pretty accurate accurate. (laughs) yeah so um
1: yes i did appreciate that
0: yeah uh i guess i mean we can we can kind of get into it and pick it apart as we go okay yeah i know we're gonna have to talk about the n-word but we don't have to say it i mean we're not gonna say it (laughs) yeah but yeah obviously
1: well Well, yeah Well. We'll just figure out how we want to do this. So I guess we'll just start from the beginning where um we kind of see so Samuel L. Jackson's character is uh, moving into his new summer home and he is just like this very um, prestigious person, and he's also obviously black. and the island that the um, you know, he moves into, it's currently all, white people and was it like was it Nantucket Island or do you know it was somewhere in Massachusetts they don't specify
0: what island it is but I mean you can put any kind of spin on that I mean like it's any types of those vacation islands are historically like white families always have been um so yeah
1: and so yeah and so he's pretty much moving into his new um summer home and these people that were um, neighbors of um, the people who formerly lived in that home. The Beesons. Yeah. the They were going to go, um, they saw a car in, um, you know, the uh, driveway where Samuel L. Jackson just, just moved in. And they assumed that it was the car of, you know... The former occupants yeah, the and so they're like oh let's go
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's go
1: uh <laughs> let's go say hello and then you know they they see through the window that you know there's a black man in there and so they automatically assume oh he's he's in there he's stealing their stuff we have to call the police
0: and so mm-hmm. a black man trying to set up yeah. his stereo equipment yeah and yeah. importantly his phone doesn't work right now because it doesn't get turned on till the next day because this is the first night and his wife hasn't arrived yet she's uh visiting friends or family uh somewhere else so he's alone
1: yeah yeah he's alone and yeah he's just minding his own business in his own house and then the cops get called on him and then the, the the situation kind of escalates very quickly. The cops are told by the uh, neighbors, which are the the Gilmans, right? Mm-hmm. Is that their last name? Yes. Because um, the Gilmans thought that the um, it was the kids of the... Beesons. The Beesons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say their name this time. <laughs> they thought that the kids of the Beesons were home and that, you know, they were being held hostage by this uh black guy and so they're like oh shit like this is a serious situation and you know the cops don't do any of their own like investigation to 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 find out the circumstances of the situation they're just believing the Gilmans, and so they're like oh shit we got a hostage Mm -hmm. situation let's bring out all the big guns let's bring out you know everyone on the unit to this area so that we can uh take care of this situation and um
0: well, when, when the Gilmans at first make their call and they say that they think somebody's in there robbing the home, you hear the dispatch go out to the officer saying that there's an armed and dangerous black man in the house. Yeah. Like, there's an immediate, like, escalation from yeah. nothing to something, and then it just keeps escalating from there. So the police show up and they start surrounding the house, and one of them... um. One of the officers is in blackface, which he claims is for night ops, so he won't be seen in the dark. And uh, as they're surrounding the house, uh, the officer in blackface, Donnie, he sets off the car alarm on, uh, should we call him Samuel L. Jackson or should we call him Andrew?
1: Let's just keep calling him Samuel L. Jackson because it's gonna that's be a tongue, gonna
0: be, easy. It's gonna be a tongue <laughs> twister sometimes. Samuel
1: L. Jackson, yeah. Or we could just call
0: him Sammy. Samuel,
1: I guess we don't have to say his his whole name. Should we call him
0: Samuel or Sammy <laughs> or Mr. Jackson?
1: <laughs> let's call him. Let's call him Samuel. I guess.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I'm just gonna keep going. Samuel L. Jackson. I'm just. Gonna, I can't. <laughs> Fuck it. It's okay. <laughs> Fuck it. So So Donnie sets off uh, the Samuel L. Jackson's car, uh, sets off the car alarm, which, you know, freaks uh, Samuel L. Jackson out. And this is also oh, after um, the Gilman's dog is barking at him through the window. So he thinks that somebody's out there, um, after mm-hmm. him. And so he's freaked out and Need you know he wants to call the police, but he can't because the phone's dead. And so he looks around outside to, um, to to try to figure it out. But he has a bunch of guns drawn on him, and the cops are all there yelling, trying to yell at him with a broken megaphone, while the car alarm is blaring, and he's trying to shut it off with his keys. And the officers all start shooting at him because nobody can hear each other speak over the car alarm, but they don't see that he has the car fob in his hands, they just assume that he has a gun in his hands because he's a black man who's in, Mm -hmm. you know, the house, and they've been told that he's armed, so they assume that he's armed and assume that they see a gun, and so they start shooting, and there's a lot of shooting and yelling, and there's... (laughs) And the chief of police is there trying to get them to um, stop shooting. And it's just like a whole shit show where everything really starts to to take off. And is it at this point when the press is there or the press is not? No, the press is already there. Like the first press Mm -hmm. guy. He's interviewing the Gilmans down the driveway, like away from the house. But I guess they're not hearing any of this. And so mm-hmm. the Gilmans are telling this press guy that um, the, there's a black man holding, you know, people hostage. And, like, they're, they're telling their whole side of the story about everything they saw. And, and so this guy's getting it all on film while all the shootout is happening at the house. Oh, the, um, the chief, he gets the phone company to turn the phone on in the house. So he has a direct line with Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Yep. And then in that moment, yep, they pretty much, they have a conversation and the chief realizes who's actually in the house Uh and realizes the whole thing. They were completely fucking wrong. Right. And then he kind of has this, oh shit moment because he realizes how much they fucked up. And so, but uh, he also finds out in that moment that Um, Samuel L. Jackson doesn't know it was the police that was was shooting at him. He just thinks that someone was shooting at Mm -hmm. him. He didn't know who. Mm -hmm. And so then the the chief kind of thought that was an opportunity to, you know, set up this whole thing where it looks like um, someone else was doing it. And so that the police can come in and be the heroes at the end of the day. And so that's when Nick finally, you know, we get to see him come into the picture.
0: Yeah. So... The other thing about the, the police covering their tracks is it's an election year for the chief. So he wants right. to really save his own skin because if it comes out that he shot at um, an unarmed, innocent black man in his own home, that'd be really bad. And then extra mm-hmm. bad to find out that it's also a famous one, <laughs> you know, like one yes. that everybody yes. loves. So he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. By kind of an asshole, he's a yes. huge asshole, a huge he's a racist huge asshole. asshole. So he goes and he offers Nick a deal to go and take uh, Samuel L. Jackson hostage in the house, and then to um, take the plea bargain or whatever to to um, to give up right away, and then he'll get a ticket to. Canada, basically, like a free ticket to Canada mm-hmm. is is the offer and, and to make him a career criminal for the police. So he takes him up on it because, I mean, he's not exactly the brightest dude.
1: Yeah. And part of that deal was that Nick's identity wouldn't be revealed oh, yeah. to the press. Yeah. And so then we, uh, Nick pretty much just takes a deal, plays along with, um, what's going on and then the rest of the press shows up so the first um I guess press that interviewed the Gilmans they were kind of just like these um very like um little like a two-man team that was just like trying to make their Mm -hmm. way into the
0: big league yeah they listened to the police scanner uh to get their (laughs) like to get their stories
1: yeah and so they were just like you know very small um small operation and so now that um you know nicks brought into the game then um you know the 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 big players of the of the media come out
0: oh and the chief of police he took that tape of the gilman yes interview very importantly he took that um which was that violation of first amendment rights and he's like
1: fuck the first amendment yeah so we just continue to see how
0: how bigger of an asshole this chief
1: of police is growing like his
0: gaping asshole
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's out of control it's turning into a black hole like (laughs) nothing can stop it (laughs) but um and so um the press comes out and then um you know nick cage is playing along uh, with the story and then he actually turns on the tv um inside the household and then You know, he sees this media coverage Mm -hmm. that shows his face as the person that is um, the criminal. And then he's like, well, shit, he broke the deal. So now, you know, fuck if I'm falling through on this because he lost my end of the bargain. And so um, that's where things start to uh, where him and Samuel L. Jackson kind of like, you know, start to have to work together now because um situation has changed.
0: Yeah. If well at first, um, Nick takes him hostage kind of for real and mm-hmm. he goes and raids the fridge and drinks the beer. <laughs> Um, and, and the, I bring this up because it's one of my favorite parts where he take he like chugs like half the beer and then he stands in the doorway and he whips his head around twice, just like he did in Sandaly And I was like, oh, exactly, goes, exactly. I, I know that
1: move got to carry on into his next, his <laughs> next piece. And I was like, yes, he's, he's sticking with it. I love it. It's a good look for him.
0: And then I also <laughs> noticed that his hair is really like thinning up on top. Oh yeah. Yeah. It makes him look so
1: much older it does. because he like it's very thin like you can kind of see his scalp a little mm-hmm. bit like but his face still looks like very young for him and so it just like it's very like you can't really tell how old he is. No. <laughs> but it's in, too kind of like conflicting. Yeah.
0: But in real life he's only like 28 or 29. He's not even 30 yeah. yet at this point. So like ugh, Yeah. 6
1: yeah, not, not not looking good for him. <laughs> Nothing
0: personal. But, um, but, like, so so Nick doesn't even know who Samuel L. Jackson is at this point. Like, because mm-hmm. Nick's been in, like, jail for most of his life. He's, you know, been in and out of jail for dumb shit. Um, like, sleeping with a minor who he thought was 18, but she wasn't 18. Yeah. Whatever. Um, doing dumb things like that. Like, petty robbery and things. And, um... Yeah, he doesn't know anything about Samuel Jackson, and this is where we find out who he really is, because um, he's he has a Ph.D. in cultural anthropology, uh, he produces and directs, and he authored a Broadway play that became a major motion picture, which was called mm-hmm. Yo, Brother, Where Art Tho? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I'm a thorn in the side of the white man.
0: So Nick doesn't know anything about him, and uh he kind they kind of start to figure out what's going on or or they're trying to figure out what's going on. They know that there's something not right, so they're both trying to escape the the situation.
1: Yeah, and so then that's when um so nick kind of lets the the chief of police knows like the deals off so he goes outside and he makes his demand for 000, 000 a million right. dollars and a helicopter and it's yeah and then he's like he says thank you at the end oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so polite and mm-hmm. um so it, it's pretty much just like a stall tactic because they got to figure out like how are they gonna escape mm-hmm. and um the the chief of police is like fuck this i'm just gonna go in and shoot them both like i don't care
0: yeah this is this is where um we first first get our n-word um from the chief also uh yeah he um he plays it off as he's putting on a show um to make the scene more believable because he's still trying to to uh cover his own ass, you know? He's still trying to Mm -hmm. play Nick as the criminal. uh, And he says, like, why don't you go ahead and shoot him? We don't want him on this island anyway. And Mm -hmm. so he says that and uh, he, like... Hits Nick in the gut with his rifle, and turns to Samuel L. Jackson. And he goes to start apologizing for the comment that he said. And Samuel L. Jackson just like whacks him across the head with a frying pan, and like knocks him to the ground. And has his famous um, line, which I, I can't say, but I could drop yeah. the clip in right here. Nigga, that. Yeah. So now, like, Nick is desperate to To save his own ass as well, and uh, they escape out like the back of the house together.
1: Yeah, and in that moment, so they um they tie the the chief up, and then when they're doing that, they see that that interview tape is oh. in his jacket, and so Nick just kind of snags right. that and says, "Yeah." Um, and so then they escape out the house, but then these dumbass uh police are still surrounding you know the original house that they were in, and um it's just the chief like. You know, locked up in there, and and uh, no one really finds out that they escaped to another house, which turned out to be the Gilman's house. Um.
0: Yeah, so they they make their way to the Gilmans, um, and because the Gilmans, they they have their dog. They left their dog back at home, and have been back at the at Andrew's house or or Samuel Jackson's house the Beeman's house whatever you want to call it um they've been there with the press and the police uh watching the whole scene well what if I told you we weren't in the house so they're like at the they're at the Gilman's house and they're uh looking for the car keys to take the car out of the garage um to escape because Nick doesn't know how to hotwire a car. He's not that type of criminal. Um yeah. <laughs> so they're looking for the keys and they're like up in the Gilman's bedroom and they're like um oh. I missed the part with the dog. Um where uh Samuel L. Jackson he won't pet the dog. Oh because, yeah. Because yeah. uh he thinks it's a racist dog. I mean, it's a fair assumption. Yes. It was barking at him from uh, yeah. outside the house. And Nick turns, like, with that look of bewilderment, he's like, Dogs are colorblind. Like, very yes. seriously. <laughs> like, how could he possibly know if you're black? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the conviction with which he said it just really got me. Um, yes, yes. But uh, Samuel L. Jackson and the dog end up becoming good buds after, after he pets the dog and... And uh, yes. everything. The
1: dog is literally by his side from then on out. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the dog, like Samuel Jackson leaves the house. There's the dog running by him, right next to him. It's like <laughs> it was very cute to see their 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 bond.
0: Yeah, but they found a bunch of in up in the bedroom. They found a bunch of um like dildos and sex toys mm-hmm. and like kinkware and stuff like that. And and they they seem pretty disgusted which um was yeah. was kind of funny but yeah one of the the jokes with the gilmans is that they're living on this l- white liberal island um but yeah. it's they're not as liberal as you want to think they are or as they they believe they are so like they mm-hmm. are they like super sex positive they smoke pot like they do all these things but they're also fucking racists you know yes until yeah until they find out who was in the house um and then they're huge fans but while they're looking around the Gilman's come home because they have to let the dog out or check on the dog and nick it was like right before that nick orders a pizza i fucking forgot that damn it
1: yeah so he he orders a pizza but really he's ordering it just to get a vehicle so that they can escape
0: mm-hmm.
1: from but yeah so the Gilmans uh they come home and they're like oh shit like um you you're here like this is a this is a hostage situation moved from uh one house to the next and then you know they find out who Samuel L. Jackson actually actually is and they you know bre- you know then they pretend like they're not fucking racist but then um nick cage like says hey your your name sounds familiar and then he pulls out the tape and he's like hey this is where this is where i've seen your name mm-hmm. and then uh they're like oh shit don't play that tape and then you know he he plays it in front of everyone and so then you can see kind of the true colors of the Gilmans, and it was just a really it was a good scene a good like you know karma scene like mm-hmm. hey what we'll goes around comes around
0: <laughs> what's on this phil something kinky? Yeah, so the pizza arrives. Um ah, yeah. <laughs> while the while the while Samuel Jackson's watching the tape, I think. Um so this pizza arrives and it's a uh 17-year-old girl on a scooter. Who had been following like her and all her coworkers, you know, like this is a big deal. Everybody's watching the news right now, so everybody knows what's mm-hmm. going on, and so she recognizes Nick Cage, and is kind of um, starstruck in that really gross way. Yeah, <laughs> you know how people like fall in love with serial killers, like the Ted Bundy thing. You yeah, know? like people are really attracted exactly. to to that type of thing. So she's. 17 and dumb and, like, flirting with him, and he's, like, kind of upset because she rode in on a scooter. (laughs) I know. Uh, You can't really escape on that. Uh, But he, even after finding out her age, still flirts with her and tries to um, put a move (sighs) on her. And I'm like, um, no, like, he needs to back the fuck off. And he, like, leans in for to kiss her, and she kind of dodges but then writes her phone number on his hand.
1: Oh, it was so <laughs> gross to watch. Just, like, how, it like, literally, they were talking for, like, two minutes, and then he goes in to try to kiss her. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> settle down. Like, it was yeah. so uh, gross. But the, the good thing that came out of that mm-hmm. was he was able to give that video to the girl and said, hey, can you go um, give this to the media? They'll know what to do with it. Yeah. So, um... She was kind of the way that um, they could get that tape out there so that everyone could see kind of the truth behind this entire situation. Because on mm-hmm. that video, too, it wasn't just um, the Gilmans. I think the the chief of police was also um, interviewed in that segment, wasn't he? Yeah, I think um, so.
0: Either way, it's it was completely incriminating evidence um, yeah. for everybody as to what happened. Yes. Uh, but they... Oh, they tie the Gilman's up in their kink bondage, oh, yeah. like leatherware, <laughs> yeah. which I found pretty fucking funny. Um, yes, but they they do get the keys to the car um, after a moment of like fucking fighting with them, and the police do get a helicopter. So the whole time that they're at the Gilman's, um, the police are still outside of. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's (sighs) summer home like they never ever figure out uh, that they were at the Gilmans and also there's like a reverend and his congregation that arrive at this point to uh, to support Samuel L. Jackson because you know the reverend's like I told you about those so called liberals up there on that damn island but of course there's that it's a very small like plot point to the story that yeah. it, it doesn't really feed the story very much but I mean like what it what it does is it involve it puts more black people on screen which yeah I f- I wish that they could they did something more or something different um, with that that storyline like I see what yeah. they did but it just doesn't seem like enough. It wasn't, like, the characters got there so late, you know, they got there basically at the end of the movie. So, just.
1: Yeah, and what happened, too, was, so this congregation comes to Samuel L. Jackson's house, and the pigs are kind of, (laughs) 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 that just came so naturally for me to say (laughs) the the police I guess their alternative name Um, they were kind of like standing out there and just like trying to protect the home and say no you can't come in here and then um, you know there is this argument between um, the congregation and the police and it kind of uh, resulted in um, them like uh, them being just like this big fight and then they had like um, something that was on fire. What are those? Oh, called? they li- lit. Oh, like they lit. Torch. torch.
0: The, or no, yeah. No, tor- you're. It's torch. torches <laughs> and pitchforks. It was yes, like trying to think of the combination. Yeah.
1: Um, And so they had torches, and then, you know, in the midst of their brawl, um, they accidentally, uh, like, set the curtains on fire of Samuel L. Jackson's house, and then the whole thing went up in flames, and Mm -hmm. then everyone's just like, oh, shit, we gotta get out of here. And so it was kind of just this very, like, uh, chaotic end to that. And then after um, that kind of happened, that's the last time we saw the whole group, and it just felt like a very, like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. There are things that, about the movie that could definitely be changed, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. But they had tracking dogs going after um, Nick Cage and Samuel L. Jackson, and um, and at this point, also, our boys had taken diverging paths because of the Amos and Andrew thing, which we talked about at the beginning. Um, they had because it's at this point they're they got the keys and they're they can finally leave. So they got the keys to the car um and Nick just assumes that Samuel Jackson's going to want to keep going on this this run with him and Samuel Jackson's like no I'm done I'm I'm going home like it's over for me um mm-hmm. so they, this is when they yeah they have their their Amos and Andrew um Moment and they they diverge they take separate paths and Samuel Jackson takes the dog with him yeah. <laughs> and, and Nick takes the car um, so the the tracking dogs that are looking for them end up picking up the scent of Samuel Jackson and Nick while he's out driving he sees the dogs and the tracker going you know chasing somebody running. And so he speeds up and sees what's going on and he cuts him off and uh keeps driving and has Samuel L Jackson jump into the moving car with him. Yeah,
1: he doesn't he doesn't stop. He doesn't like, stop. He got to keep going.
0: No. And so they keep going and um the they stop and the tracking dogs catch up to them and Nick reveals that he has the chief of police's badge and wallet and ID. And he uses that to get the bloodhounds to pick up the scent of, um, of the chief. And I think this is where they see the house on fire and they know that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's fucking over. And so they successfully redirect the dogs and the chief of police gets his due when he, when the dogs, Are coming after him, and uh, Stacy, the pizza delivery girl, she gives the tape coincidentally to the right people, to the original owners of the tape, and they're (laughs) like, oh, where did you get this? And she's like, oh, you know, I just knew, had to give it to the press, and it would end up in the right hands or whatever, and so... The tape ends up in the right place. The chief of police gets chased off by the dogs. Nick mm-hmm. and Samuel Jackson get on the boat and they get off the island. And Samuel Jackson's wife is there trying to get on the boat to get to mm-hmm. the island. And so he can go reunite with her. And Nick gets to go to Canada.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's two funny things about that. Well,. So this whole kind of um, I guess time that uh, Samuel Jackson and Nick were together, Nick kept calling Samuel Jackson bro, and then Samuel Jackson was just like, I'm not, I'm not your brother. Like mm-hmm. stop doing this. And you know he continues to do it. And then kind of out of habit, at the very end, like the last scene where we see him um, saying goodbye to Samuel Samuel Jackson, he's just like he calls him bro. Whoa. thanks, bro. And then Samuel L. Jackson refers to Nick as his brother. You're welcome, brother. So mm-hmm. you kind of get that, that in the end, they were, um, they became friends. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was so Nick's character, um, when they were, when he was talking to Samuel L. Jackson, kind of, you know, as they were getting to know each other. Um, He's like, How did you even end up on this island? And then Nick's like, I have like I have no idea, like, I'm not very good with directions. I'm from Pittsburgh. Like, I was trying to go to Canada and I just ended up here. And so, you know, in the end scene, we see that, like, yes, he finally gets to go to Canada, but as the camera zooms out, you see that the interstate that he's on is going south. Mm-hmm. So he's going the wrong <laughs> way again. And I was like, oh, I love that. That's a good end. Yeah. It
0: was. <laughs> Yeah, the ending was very lighthearted, obviously, because it's yes. supposed to be a comedy. Um, it's a very dark mm-hmm. subject, but yeah, it is supposed to be a comedy. So when Samuel Jackson reunites with his wife, um, he basically tells her jokingly that the house is going to need some more work than they thought. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, It's literally
1: burnt to a crisp, and he's like, oh yeah, we got some work to do, like oof.
0: That yeah. Will-. So, like, early on when the police first, like, shot up the whole, like, car and the house and everything like that, I, my, I always, this is my problem with why I don't enjoy, like, superhero movies, is, like, Mm -hmm. who's gonna pay for all the fucking damage? Yeah. (laughs) You know? I know. Like, especially in superhero movies, like, how many times do they destroy major cities like the entire (laughs) town
1: yeah (laughs) and then once the bad guys dead then they're acting like oh yeah this is great news and no one's thinking like Well, look at all this fucking work we have to do. (laughs) Yeah, it's
0: like. So does that all come out of like the taxpayers? (laughs) You know, like money. Like who pays for all those repairs? I mean, it and maybe it creates a lot of infrastructure jobs and construction jobs. I guess, but like, (laughs) I guess, Christ, yeah.
1: Yeah, so there was just a lot of loose ends at the at the end and like did the chief go to jail? Like we obviously know he did no. get re reelected for uh, <laughs> you know chief the following year, but you know, we don't know what really happened to him besides the fact that he got exposed and got chased down by the bloodhounds. And mm-hmm. so yeah, there's a little bit of loose loose ends in, in the the ending, but it was all trying
0: to end on a on a light note. <laughs> yeah. Nacho cheese, Mr. Sterling. Overall I thought it was like a it was a pretty good movie aside from how uh like the just the the political climate that we're currently in yeah. and how that this movie really like it echoes and then also just makes you really uncomfortable to think that in the 90s they could make something like yeah. this and have it be really uncomfortably like still true. Um, yeah, exactly. So, there's that aspect. Uh, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give it that, and say, I, I really wish I could like it more. <laughs> I really wish yeah. I could, but I do like the. I liked the casting. I think it was good casting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny where it was supposed to be. I think yeah. for the most part.
1: So does that lead us to where we're going to rank it
0: on our list? We absolutely can. Pull that shit up. Okay. All right. So then I guess, are we thinking this is going to be high up on the list, middle of the list, or like, what are your overall feelings on it?
1: I feel like it could be middle of the list. Just because yeah. I thought the casting was good. I thought that. There were moments where it was funny, um, but there are just, like, things that I was not a fan of, and so mm-hmm. then I wouldn't rank it terribly high.
0: Yeah, things that don't hold up well today, um.
1: Yeah. So, like, where is, um, like, the, uh, shit, what's that movie called in the 1920s?
0: Oh, Cotton Club?
1: Yeah, I would rank it around there that, um... segment of our our list
0: would it be above the cotton club or below it
1: i would probably put it above it
0: okay so then let me read from bottom up above cotton club all right okay we got cotton club peggy sue got married wild at heart valley girl racing with the moon birdie raising arizona and then a few more but i don't think we're gonna go any higher than that yeah
1: um, so. I kind of, I kind of want to put it
0: above Peggy who Got Married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good spot for it. I, I kind of like it more than Wild at Heart. Really? Well, I'm thinking, I'm, well, I think that's just personal david lynch feelings yeah <laughs> that's sure. all we're, we're getting into I've, yeah i have a real big problem with like fandoms and i think david lynch has a type of fandom about him especially with twin mm. peaks um oh, and that's gross. i think that's my problem i know i'm just and my problem with like marvel movies and literally everything that's popular is they just yeah. really hate <laughs> fandoms
1: yes i agreed Um, Well, I'd be okay with it if you want to either put it above Peggy Sue or Wild at Heart. doesn't matter to me.
0: I'm going to put it under Wild at Heart and above Peggy Sue. I think that's fair. Cool. Fuck, what was the movie? Amos and Andrew. (laughs) I know, we we didn't even like,
1: we said their names like
0: once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, in my notes, when I refer to characters mostly, well, whenever I refer to Nick... I just write NC or I'll write Nick when yeah. I'm just talking about yep. him, and then for if there's like a co-star, I will usually abbreviate their name some way too. And so, like for mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson, I just wrote SLJ, and so yeah, right. Like I never, yeah.
1: I know. I feel like I always refer to them in my notes, especially if like it's a very um, notable actor actress. Like I just talk about. Their name as their actual name versus their character's name, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. He just has such a cool name. It's just so much, so much fun to say that <laughs> it was better than his character's name.
0: <laughs> yeah. Kiss me every time. All right. Well, what do we have next? Next we have Red
1: Rock West. It's oh a crime drama and thriller. So its description is, upon arriving to a small town, a drifter is mistaken for a hitman. But when the real hitman arrives, complications
0: ensue. I like this. I mean, I like it. So the idea of it. I haven't watched it yet.
1: So it looks like Nick Cage plays the the drifter who is mistaken for a hitman. (laughs) Okay. And I don't see anyone else that...
0: Mm. Laura Flynn I Boyle. Nice. Laura Flynn Boyle. She's famous. What have I seen her in before? Oh, I've seen her in Wayne's World. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a classic. She's, oh, you know what she's also in? Twin Peaks. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> yep. Well, that'll be a exciting one for next time.
0: Yeah, real thrilling. I know this is a Yas. DVD one so yes it is uh, yeah so anybody who wants to watch it <laughs> and make sure you purchase it <laughs> well we'll tell you if it's any good and worth purchasing so yeah maybe just listen to our review first
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs> all
1: right well i guess later bro white people